Well, welcome here to the Wellspring um, and welcome to the second lockdown of this year. Um, it's, it's obviously strange times, but the rules are different this time. And so we, I am able to be here with Tim. It's great to have you here. Great to it's, be here. And um, how have you been? How has the first part? Doing good. <laughs> yeah, lockdown too. Who would have thought? Uh, so far, so good. We're only a few days in, but yeah, it's good. We're trusting God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I really believe it. Can, there's no reason why this can't be a really fruitful time in our lives. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're believing that the Lord wants to speak to us in this time, aren't we? We really sense that as a senior leadership team. And we sense that together, don't we, as we gather to gather around God's word. So I'm going to pray now and open our eyes to what the Lord wants to show us and open our ears so that we might hear what he wants to speak to us. And ultimately, may the Holy Spirit have his way in this time. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the promise that when we gather together, you are there and you are speaking. Thank you that you speak, you continue to speak, you have always spoken. And we want to hear and we want to listen and obey what you have for us. So Father, we welcome you here by your spirit. We welcome you into each of our homes. Say, have your way and may we draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, so Tim, why don't you tell us what the Lord's been showing you this week? Yeah, I mean, we, we were planning a whole load of things for this Sunday, weren't we? And the plans have changed, but not in God's eyes. God's plans have not changed. And we spent some time together uh, just on Tuesday evening as a senior leadership team and really sensed the Lord impressing upon us something I want to share the heart of today. And then we can just explore. And we're doing this more like a conversation um, sorry we're not meeting in person at Highwood School, but let's just trust that the Lord will be in this conversation. So I, I, I want to talk about, and we're going to discuss about from Psalm 91, about what it means to dwell in the presence of the Lord. What does that really look like? Now, a couple of years ago, I went paintballing for the first and only time. Have you been paintballing? Yeah, I have, yeah. So this is the first and only time I went. It was our son David's birthday, and this is what he wanted to do. I didn't realize we'd have to remortgage um, to pay for little pellets of ink or paint and uh, we got thrown and we got put into teams maybe you've done this before and we're out in the middle of kind of a woodland and there's old buildings and there's old jeeps and different shelters and tires everywhere and uh, we the, the first game we were put into two teams and we were told we had to capture the flag and so the flag was like in the middle and then we had to start a separate and kind of move our way in and so uh, and no one really, people had said that the pellets hurt. I didn't quite know how much it was going to hurt. And so uh, both sides are in a stalemate and there's bullets going everywhere, but, but no one's really moving towards the flag. And so, so I said, and David was there and a few people behind what looked like a toilet block, you know, uh, we said, right, we're all going to go at once. Well, on the count of three, this is my leadership skill. Uh, we're all going to go at once and then whoever doesn't get shot is going to get the flag. And so we're like, three, two, one. And I was the only one that went. So I kind of, I, I ran still because I was committed and I got pelted. I had welts on my leg. I got completely covered in pain. Do you know what? I still captured the flag, um, but we were disqualified because I'd been hit and I should have retreated. And so I got absolutely covered in this paint all over these overalls that they give you. And, uh, and as we finished, people say, oh, well, we tried. It was, it was just fun. And then this little lad, maybe 11 or 12 years old, I didn't know him because he was from a different group, but he was on our team. 
and he emerged from like an oil drum and he was firing through the end of the oil drum the other end but he came out and there was no there wasn't even a tiny stain on his work clothes and he just had this big smile on his face because he hadn't been hit and i just want to reflect on that of it doesn't matter where you hide it really matters where we find shelter uh, and this boy came out and said well i'm i'm safe um, and there's even on Remembrance Sunday, when we think about uh, the kind of risks that we take and the kind of evil that exists in the world, uh, it'd be really good for us to talk from Psalm 91 about what does it mean to hide in the presence of the Lord as our kind of shelter, to know that we're really safe in really scary times, politically, health-wise. What does it mean for you and I, Dan? And what does it mean for us in North Bushy? What does it mean to really hide in the Lord? And so in a moment, we're going to, and if you've got your Bibles, um, then maybe you could physically open. I really enjoyed reading uh, last week with you, reading the word out loud together. Maybe you could find Psalm 91. It will come up on the screen. Uh, that's to help you, not to hinder you. But maybe uh, if you've got a Bible where you are, you could open it physically. And uh, we're going to read from Psalm 91. Now, this is like a high priestly psalm. So watch out in the psalm for some references to like the tabernacle, the inner place, the wings, that kind of reminds us of the tabernacle. Uh, look out for another couple of other things as well. Look out for uh, this idea of an if and a then. There's a conditionality about this, isn't there, Dan? So look out for that in, in this. And uh, look out for the language of safety and refuge. And I believe the Lord's going to say something to us from it. So shall we read together? Sounds good. All right, let's read. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue you and honour them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. That's fantastic. That is just, it's so, and as we have been praying as a leadership team, we just feel an invitation, don't we, to dwell. What does it really mean? Uh, Dan, what jumps out for you when you read that, particularly verse one and two, it seems to be describing more than just like visiting a service on a Sunday, right? As in more yeah. than just a religious visiting. Yeah, it's, it's a whole life thing, isn't it? It's making what, what we do in every moment, at every part of the day, to say, I will trust the Lord. I will put him first. He will be my refuge, my hiding place, my, my, my place of safety. Um, in 
in something that we can't find in anything else. It's only in God that we can find that. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've been thinking, how do people cope in times like this with so much turmoil and with COVID and changes? And people do cope. Mm. They, they cope by turning to all sorts of mm. things, binging on Netflix or whatever. Not that that's evil, but it can sometimes be a hiding place. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't always satisfy, certainly it doesn't. Or alcohol or drugs or illicit sex or pornography. As in people do, we do have things we hide to, don't we? Yeah. Um, but it, it, when we were paintballing, there was one guy who was wider than I think he thought he was in his mind. And there's these stack of, uh, of these car tires that have all been put together. And he was getting hit in the shoulder because actually, so sometimes we think that there's something hiding us, but it isn't, it's not actually protecting us. Yeah. It's a bit like that, isn't it? That's, sometimes we hide in things. Yeah. And when we do that, we're in a place of uh, vulnerability and we're exposed and what this psalm is saying is that when we put our hope in God, when we trust in Jesus, that we can know that we will not be exposed. Yeah, that's true. I, 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 maybe you're seeing this as well as you read this at home, that there is an invitation to not just play lip service to our Christian faith, but actually to hide in the Lord. It's like the Lord says, I am safe. So are you safe? Uh, are you hiding or are we just visiting? And this is a whole thing of dwelling. Like you say, when we dwell in the Lord, we're safe even as we'll see later on where he says, when you walk in trouble, you'll be safe. So it's not that we are protected and hermetically sealed away from all the nastiness and the pain of the world, but actually we'll still be safe in it, which is pretty amazing. In fact, it might be good to go to verse 9 and 10 because there's a whole load of stuff in there that you'll see. There are some kind of promises that when we read them, our eyes pop out a bit, don't they? Uh, Do these verses, do they mean that we'll never have a difficult time or if you're a proper Christian or if you have enough faith? I don't know what you think about verse 9 and 10. Let's have a look at it together. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. How do you handle that as a, is that true? Well, I I guess it's a yes and no and now and not yet question, isn't it? I I think for me, um, this is talking about the ultimate sense. We cannot be overtaken by evil. We cannot be overcome by evil. Um, And in fact, um, in Romans, Paul writes about we should overcome evil with good. And the reason that we can do that is because Jesus has overcome the ultimate evil of our own sin. Um, and our own consequences of sin, the, the sickness and the, the problems in this world. And of course, that is, that, that is true. We know that we will not be overcome. However, there's still the flip side of that. And I don't know what your response is to this, Tim, that actually we do still see people who are good people who put their trust in Jesus yeah. getting sick yeah. and having issues in their life that seem like they cannot be overcome. So where do you stand on that? Well, I, it's true. Uh, I've, we've seen, the, as Helen shared, uh, incredible deliverance from her cancer. And that was truly remarkable. Yeah. Like the pain or the, the threat to her life was taken away. But I've also known people to have terminal cancer and die of it and yet be close to the Lord. One of my heroes, and I, I recall this memory, and we were talking about just a few weeks ago, Roy Liberty, a member of our central Watford location, uh, he died with multiple different uh, physical things that were wrong with him, but actually not, not far before, not long before he died. I went to see him in hospital and 
and I said to you, and he held my hand and he said, Tim, I have been so blessed. Isn't God good? With just tears running down his eyes. And here he is with cancer all over his body. His body is failing him, but he, he's confident in the Lord. So I would say that sickness overtook it, but, but evil didn't. And so for, for me, that's a, like a living example. That's how I want to live, um, is with that kind of confidence. Yeah. And I think that is what the psalm is not promised an easy life. It's promised, though, that if we hide in the Lord, we're protected from the effects. If you like, worse than coronavirus, I think, right now, is the fear of coronavirus. That's what grips us more, the fear of losing our livelihoods, the fear of something happening to loved ones. That, that fear is worse than the disease itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see there's a brilliant tension in that. But I reckon the invitation is still here in Psalm 91, is that we would choose to hide in the Lord and that we know that does bring some protection for us. Yeah. And it is also true it, for now as well, in that we can pray in confidence using this psalm and praying, that, praying in line with what we know the New Testament teaches about the power of the blood of Jesus to overcome the situations we're in and the sickness and we, we know that when we pray to Jesus for healing, we can have confidence that he hears and that he will answer. And so there's this tension, isn't there, where we see that ultimately we have this, this promise that no evil will overcome us. Um, and yet we also know that we will get sick and we may recover, but we also know we will die. Um, and so the hope of this psalm is that something must go beyond the grave must go beyond the, the worst things that can happen. Um, and that when we hide away in God, and when we trust him, that ultimately no evil will come to us. Which is amazing. That is what the world needs to know, is that you can be so confident in your relationship with God that nothing threatens it. Um, well, that's a way to live. That is real life. That's eternal life because it's not limited by a number of three score year and 10 or even a life cut short. Um, It'd be good before we finish and pray for us to look at the end of this psalm because it's really powerful. There are actually eight promises. Um, These are quite remarkable because we hear both um, the invitation, but then the response. So in verse, uh, um, verse two, this I declare about the Lord is the believer saying, Lord, you are my safety. And then some commentary on that. And then we get in verse 14, the Lord's response to kind of confirm what the psalmist has had revealed to them. And this is what the Lord says. Look at these. And I want you to notice these are conditional. And I I raise the question for me, is that the love of God is unconditional, right? But it seems to me the protection of God isn't unconditional. There's an if and then which should invite us in because it means we could be outside of God's protection. I don't know what you think about that, um, but that's a challenge. He says this, I, I will, let's read them. I will rescue those who love me. And we looked at in Acts 2.36 a few weeks ago, this thing where Peter says, Jesus is now Lord and Messiah. He's your, like your ruler and your rescuer. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that we know that when we love him, he will rescue us, like scoop us up. Um, so even if we are covered in pellets and pelted and welts, that actually the Lord will, re- if we turn to him, he'll rescue us and put him in that kind of hiding place. I think that's awesome, really, truly awesome. The second one, I'll protect those who trust in my name, or some translations say who, who know my name. Yeah. 
Um, what does that mean to really trust in the name of the Lord, Dan? What do you reckon? What, what's the difference in our lives when we're really trusting in the goodness of his name? Yeah, when we, when we put our trust in him, it means that regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what's going on around us, we still know that what the Lord has said will come to pass, yeah. uh, will, will actually happen. And in Hebrews 11, the famous chapter on faith, we see that the, the faith is the assurance of things we, we cannot see. <laughs> so we cannot see, we might be seeing sickness, but actually what we see is life in Jesus. We might be seeing death, but actually we see death that's overcome in Jesus' name. Um, and faith is putting our trust in and putting our hope in that, knowing that regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what we see with our physical eyes, what's actually happening in the spiritual realms beyond what we see is bigger than the actual reality we see with our physical eyes. And, and the key to that is calling on the name of Jesus, calling on his name, to know his name. What a powerful... When we know his name, you can be in the trenches in First World War. I was reading some accounts this week of people uh, who in the, first, in the World War trenches uh, find themselves calling out and they know the name of Jesus is where their hope comes from. Yeah. So even if when they're being shot at and shells are flying around the place, yeah. that's brilliant. The third promise is when they call, I will answer, the Lord says. When they call, when they call on me, when they cry out to me, I will answer. That is a promise. When we call on his name, when we call to him, he will answer. Like you were saying, the Lord hears our prayers in Jesus' name. Then the next one is, I will be with them in trouble. So to me, that implies that we'll be in trouble and we'll get in trouble. But actually, the Lord will be with us in that. And someone needs to hear that this morning, I'm sure. If you feel like you're in trouble at work or with a bad relationship or whatever, what an amazing promise that he'll be with us in that. That's Jesus, isn't it? The incarnate, incarnate God. Emmanuel's kind of with us. Uh, what's the next one, Dan? Talk us through the next few. So I will rescue and honour them. So there's no place that we can go where Jesus cannot rescue us. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that is an amazing promise. It is. That is so good that there's nothing that we can do that can separate us from God's love in Jesus. Yeah. And that's the key thing, isn't it? It's, it's in Jesus. Um, I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Yeah. And I suppose oh, this is true in the ultimate sense. A long life means eternal life, doesn't it? We know that that's what it is in Jesus. But also that there seems to be a promise here and all these promises seem to be linked to something that we can do. So as you say, God's love is unconditional. His, his favour and his, his rescue is there for us. But there is a response that we must make. And it even goes back to the places like Deuteronomy, I think, 28, where God gives these promises to Israel that you will be my people. I will be your God. We will, you will be blessed. There will be favour on your lives if you obey my commands. Yeah. Um, and of course, we know what obedience to his commands are, is to put our trust in Jesus. So when we put our trust in Jesus, then these things are true for us. But there also seems to be this thing, and this is what, ha what comes out in Deuteronomy 28. If we don't put our trust in him, then actually he might still love us, but then we are left to face the consequences of, of our actions and a life without God. Yeah, and, it, and it's a... It's the context is relationship. Mm. So I think if we think about it as a legal contractual thing, mm. where it makes God to be, well, you almost like a vending machine, you put this in and you get this out. 
But for me, the, the, it's a covenant relationship we're invited into. And so it comes out of relationship rather than as a reward. It's, a, it's almost a fruit yeah. rather than you pay this and you get that. And I really want to encourage us away from this kind of consumer mentality to Christianity, to the church, to walking with Jesus says that, well, if I do this and he'll do that. Yeah. It's the other way around. The Lord says, come, I am safe. Yeah. Come to me. I am safe. I will be your safety. Yeah. And then as a fruit of that, because you're in God, you're in his goodness, then he uh, will enable us to say, I'm safe. But it's not in our own safety. It's a relationship. And that's a really important thing for us to not have a vending machine God. And we talked about last week about this idea of being fearless in our faith. And that comes from a fearful worship of the Lord, of when we know what God's really like and that he's good. We hide ourselves in him. And then we know that we're safe and therefore we can be fearless. And as we come to pray now, it would be good for us to pray the Lord would infuse us with more in lockdown too. And then whatever happens after this with jobs and livelihoods, whatever, just to take the Lord at his word and say, Lord, you've said that you are a safe place. Well, guess what, Lord, today you are my safe place and I am with you and I'm going to be with you and stay with you and be able to say whatever happens Monday morning um, than what I've looked at on a Sunday morning can make all the difference yeah. because he's, he's safe yeah. and we can be as well. Yeah. yeah, it's good. And that's true obviously individually and it's true for us as a location in North Bushy yeah. that if faith means that what we don't currently see we're believing in because God has shown us, then we, need, we want to take steps to, towards that. In other words, we take that step of faith knowing that what we currently see isn't exactly what we will see because God has this great promise, this great direction for us. And so we want to continue to be people as, as a group that shelter ourselves under the shadow of the Almighty, who trust him, even when the circumstances in the church or around us don't seem to be exactly what we think they should be but God is with us and I and I'm sure many of you want to be people of faith who take those steps towards seeing what we believe the Lord has shown us and I do believe the Lord wants us to be a people who carry his presence so that when people come to us they also find safety and safety in his people yes but because his presence is with us and when his presence is with us, we can know that people will find that place of safety and refuge. Have you got anything else you want to share? Yeah. No, I think that's it. I think this is an invitation and like an invitation to a party or a barbecue or whatever. You have to you say, well, I, we can't do that now. Don't do any barbecues, all right? Um, but back in the summer, we said, hey, do you want to come to our place? They said, yeah, we'll come around. And you said yes, you accept the invitation and, and then we enjoyed the food. Mm-hmm. So it, we understand that. This is an invitation. Yeah. And we have that choice almost on a daily basis. And towards the end of... Um, this time together that we have, I want to say that across Wellspring, we're choosing for the rest of November to invite people to a time of prayer and fasting. Now, I know we all love fasting. (laughs) Well, in fact, we really, our hearts love the benefits, uh, even though we're aware of the cost. And so we're saying that for the rest of November, 
uh, really invite you to join the senior leadership team and the staff team and all others that, as we take up a challenge to fast during the month of November, what's left of it. And then during the final month of November, uh, we're going to have prayer nights during, sorry, in the final week of November, we're going to have uh, some prayer nights. And we're doing that all about dwelling. And, and our prayer is, uh, Lord, teach us how to dwell in you. And I can't wait for the last of November because we can share what God's been showing us of what we've learned in that hiding place. Yeah. And again, as Tim was saying earlier, this isn't our legalist response to what we sense the Lord is doing. It's because actually it's a call for us as a whole church that we want to know God more. And what we've seen, we love, but there is so much for us to see, so much more for us to see of what God has for us. And so when we deny our physical senses or deny the, the hunger that's within us, whatever we're denying, and that enables us to open our spiritual eyes to what he is showing us. And we, that's what, what we're saying here, isn't it? That we want, to, we want to have our eyes open to what the Lord wants to show us. And in the process, we draw closer to him. Um, and when we draw closer to him, we truly find our safety, our safe place. So it'd be good to pray, wouldn't it? Would be, yeah. Um, we're going to spend a few moments just praying now. And then we're going to have a song. And we're going to open our hearts to receiving what the Holy Spirit wants to directly show each one of us. So as we sing a song, it may not be familiar to you but maybe use this time to allow the Lord to speak into our hearts, whatever he wants to say. So Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome among us. And we say, have your way. Thank you, Lord, that we can find safety and shelter in you. In fact, there is no other safety that we can find. There are no other places where we can hide. It is only in you. We say that together. And so whatever we're going through individually, Lord, I pray, speak now. And may we draw closer to you to find our safety and our hiding place. We welcome you. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen.
I read. 